Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so we expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our play-in picks for the play-in matchup tomorrow between the Portland Trailblazers and the Memphis Grizzlies for who will grab the eighth seed. But first... We must talk about the teams who were eliminated just prior to that. The San Antonio Spurs and the Phoenix Suns. We're going to start out with the San Antonio Spurs, who are missing, their, who are missing the playoffs for the first time since 1997. A 22-year streak of making the playoffs has now come to an end. Jalen, I want to start with you. Where do you see the Spurs going from here? I mean, it's really unfortunate, right? Like, this entire season has been you know, up and down for their team because the question with the Spurs for the last season and a half has been, where do they transition? You know what I mean? They had the entire Kawhi Leonard debacle and it kind of put a negative light on the Spurs for a little while in terms of the media wondering whether or not they treated his injury correctly. You know, we had discrepancies with, you know, Tony Parker making comments about his injury in comparison to Kawhi Leonard's. There's a lot of dirt thrown on Kawhi Leonard by San Antonio and it kind of put them in a pretty weird position, then you transition to a little bit of the pseudo youth movement that we had this season with guys like Keldon Johnson, who played a lot of the time in the G League, Lonnie Walker in his second year, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, who had an excellent, excellent playoff series the year prior. You know, there was a lot to build off with having, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMarcus, um, oh, not DeMarcus, apologies, DeMar DeRozan on the team. There was a lot to build from, but you couldn't really tell what direction the team wanted to lean in in terms of moving forward. I think this year with the streak breaking, it really puts into perspective the idea of the Spurs finally taking that step towards, you know, the, re- the, the reboot, you know, running things back with the young talent that they have, starting from scratch. Um, that's going to have a lot to do with DeMar DeRozan potentially picking up his player option, which is like $27 million, which, hey, Ryan, show me the money, dude. If you tell me you're giving me $27 million before I become an unrestricted free agent, I think I'm going to take you up on that offer. And, of course, LaMarcus Aldridge is somebody that is still an excellent power forward in this league, but we do have to wonder whether or not his fit with San Antonio is truly there. So I think this is a team that has a ton of questions heading into the offseason, and unfortunately their offseason starts a lot sooner than they're used to. It's really unfortunate considering how consistent the Spurs have been in terms of winning. I mean, 22 straight years of winning seasons that include a span of five championships. That's excellence right there. I did say that this team was the weakest team of the Western Conference teams brought back. I highly doubted that they would hang around teams like the Suns, the Grizzlies and the Blazers for that last spot. I thought Derek White and, and uh, Deontay Murray had some great games in the bubble, but they really needed to get some more contribution from DeMar DeRozan and Lonnie Walker. Rudy Gay was a solid bench player too. He's been a solid bench player for them, not only in the bubble, but throughout the season for the Spurs. And something just tells me that they have to rebuild after this. I can't mm-hmm. see them going forward with a, with a core of DeMar DeRozan Rudy Gay, and um, 
Jakob Pertl. And I think they need to surround their their talent with guys like Deontay Murray and Derek White and Keldon Johnson. They still have Patty Mills sticking around, though, which is good. I think they should definitely keep him around. DeRozan will most likely pick up that $27 million option. I just feel like they have to rebuild. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing with their team, of course, is just deciding on what direction they need to go on. And this is a team that we've never associated Spurs with the word rebuild, ever. At least not as long as I've been alive. Like you said, 22-year streak in terms of making the playoffs. That's longer than how long I've been alive. So with that being said, this is going to be a tough decision for them to make because it's not something that the franchise has ever really had to deal with. You know, we obviously had, you know, the initial start to the Tim Duncan era. But, you know, they kind of took that draft pick and never, ever looked back. And that's a team that, you know, looking down the line, it's going to be a real question as to what their future looks like. But I think that's a great way to transition into the Phoenix Suns. Ryan, oh, man, dude, this was an amazing, very entertaining team to watch during the bubble. Excellent performances against every team that they played. Devin Booker put the entire team as well as the league on notice that he is a top 10 guard in this league. And I think it made a lot of NBA analysts realize that you can't keep sleeping on Devin Booker just because of the Phoenix Suns recent history in terms of not being a great franchise. For them, it's always been about getting the right pieces around them. And with guys like Kelly Oubre, guys like DeAndre Ayton, Ricky Rubio at point guard actually outperformed what my expectations entering this season were. They have some guys now, even Cam Johnson, who we thought was drafted extremely high in this year's draft. He's a guy who gave them quality minutes. Mikael Bridges is a guy who we saw some spurts of during the initial bubble scrimmages. Didn't see a ton of them once the lights came on, but he's a guy that I feel like as a two-way wing is something to build off. This was an amazing run for this team, and it sucks to see Monty Williams, Devin Booker, and the guys go home because, honestly, I think that this is a team that could have been very dynamic in the first round of the playoffs. I don't know how many games they would have taken off the Lakers, but I do know that that it would have been some exciting basketball. They have some great guard play. DeAndre Ayton is coming into his own as a shooter now, which was something before the NBA cancellation we could not say about him. Of course, you have to include that he also had a suspension. You put all that together, and I think this is a team that's similar to how Memphis caught us lacking this year. I think the Suns might surprise a lot of people next season, but I think a lot of people are going to treat it like it wasn't a surprise because the bandwagon is already getting passengers. Oh, man. I would I would shed a tear for this team, but I'm out of tissues. So <laughs> cue the sad music, Jalen, because I feel like my heart has been stomped on because the Phoenix Suns are not entering this play-in game. I mean, did we see – maybe the best eight-game stretch of any team at any era. Going 8-0, Devin Booker is going to end up being an MVP candidate next season. I think? I think so. He is showing me that he can do it. I will tell you that the Suns put the league on notice. They are coming 
for the top teams in the West. It's giving me kind of the vibe of this team is going to make the playoffs similar to how this team did in 2006, 2007, taking the Spurs to the, to the limit. I think this team can do that. I think this team can go the distance with the top teams in the West. Cameron Johnson is a guy who I think could be in contention for most improved player. We've seen everything we needed to see in this bubble for how a guy who should not have been taking as high as he, as high as he was to succeeding with a team that wasn't even meant to succeed to begin with. This is a prime example of a guy who should be considered for most improved player of the year next year. I thought Ricky Rubio was phenomenal. He is a nice rotational point guard going forward. And I think he also brings experience to a team that doesn't have a lot of it. Mikel Bridges was a nice contributor on the floor this year. Aiton's going to be available for them next season. Aaron Baines is going to be there coming off the bench. The Suns are going to be a team to watch. And like I said, they could threaten some of the top teams in the Western Conference. I mean, Phoenix definitely is a team that I'm going to keep my eyes out on. I mean, I'm the type of person that likes to get on the train early. Two to three years before the Nuggets and the Timberwolves had their little battle for the A seed in which the Nuggets ended up losing, I said two years before then that they're about three years away from being something different. And they took those first steps against the Timberwolves. And although they didn't win, you saw a lot of promise for them down the line. Since that year after, they've been a perennial playoff team that has been in contention for the top three seeds in the West since. I feel similarly about Memphis. I think them overliving or outliving expectations this season put their future in, in very bright hands. Justice Winslow coming to this team, Jaron Jackson Jr. hopefully being you know healthy next season, things like that. The Suns? might be the team that I am the most confident out of the three teams that I, that I just named in terms of what they can do down the line. I genuinely think that they are one more piece somewhere in the backcourt away. They need just one of those backcourt guys or one of those wing defenders slash wing shooters being Mikael Bridges or being Cameron Johnson, like you mentioned, to really step up as a consistent double-digit scorer while also playing well on the defensive end. And this is a team that I feel like, similar to the Nuggets, could take a very extreme jump and catch a lot of people lacking with the type of style of play that they play. So, like you said, man, seeing, seeing the Suns out super-duper blows with the fact that they played so well during this bubble, but they are on a lot of people's radar now after, you know, being off anybody's even recollection in terms of the Western Conference for the last couple of years. So that's a team that we all have our eyes on now, but need to keep watching them because they're only going to get better. Definitely. And I think moving on to a team that could make a splash in the Western Conference, at least if they win the playing game, would be the Portland Trailblazers. And we can't forget about who they're playing in the Memphis Grizzlies, who were the original eight seed. Jalen, I have to ask, I know that the Trailblazers are heavily favored in this game. How much of a fight do you see Memphis playing up? Well, Ryan, see, here's the thing, man. This, this is the part that kind of upsets me about this matchup, right? It's because I feel like we're not seeing it at the level that we would love to see this play-in game at. You know what I mean? We've seen Damian Lillard light the bubble on fire, and he's one of those guys 
who coming into this bubble said, give me an incentive to come play and I will play and put everybody on notice. And he's done exactly what he did. He's done exactly what he said he would do. He Babe Ruth called his shot and he has not missed since stepping back onto the floor. The thing about Memphis is, though, in this matchup, missing Jaron Jackson, not being able to get any play out of Justice Winslow, Valanchunas being a guy who plays very well, but, you know, with the center combo that Portland has, as well as a lot of the forwards that they actually have had that are playing a lot of relatively good minutes for them with Nurkic, Whiteside. I mean, I think Carmelo has been playing well from the three. You know the backcourt's going to do their damage as it is. And this podcast has given a lot of love to Gary Trent Jr., who has done a lot coming off the bench for this team. I just feel like, unfortunately, the Trailblazers are a bad matchup for Memphis. And Memphis being up underhanded is only going to make it more difficult. Do I think that this game is not going to be competitive? No, I don't. I don't believe that this is a game that's going to be some type of 120 to 100 points type of 20 point blowout or anything crazy like that. I think this is going to be a relatively competitive game because these are two very chippy teams playing for a very significant spot in the postseason. But injuries and lack of experience and the struggles that Memphis has already faced so far in this return to the bubble puts them at a very significant disadvantage. So, you know, it's just going to really come down to, I think, who steps up to the plate. Damian Lillard's run kind of reminds me of Tracy McGrady's 13 points in 33 seconds, except take that and put it over a span of three games. (laughs) 154 points in three games. Since missing the two free throws against the Clippers, which I was critical of, I thought thought this is going to be the reason why the Blazers don't make it. It's going to be this game only. Goes out, three games, 154 points. That is called putting the team on your back. This is an angry version of Damian Lillard that nobody wants to run into. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that he's playing like a bubble MVP. We've talked about how how dangerous this team is going to be in the playoffs and especially in the first round. I think now you finally have Nurkic and Collins healthy. I think that eliminates one of the problems you had in the season and why your team's kind of where it was entering the bubble because injuries definitely play a part in where this team stands. Nurkic and Collins back, I think, will provide a tough matchup in the front court for guys like Anthony Davis. Carmelo's impact has been uh, immense in the bubble for the Blazers. And I agree. Gary Trent Jr. making some key shots for the Blazers. They now not only have a chance to lock up the eight seed with a win, but they can possibly upset, which I not only believe will happen, but Damian Lillard is going to hit the series clinching shot to eliminate the Los Angeles Lakers from the first round. Man, look, dude, that's a lot to stomach. And the funny part about it is, I'm going to have a hard time disagreeing with you on this one because honestly, this man is on a mission, as you said beforehand. He looks dangerous. The Lakers' backcourt does not look well right now, and they are struggling to find guys who can put the ball in the hoop that doesn't have the name Anthony Davis or LeBron James. Kyle Kuzma had a nice game winner a couple of days ago, and it was great to see, 
But that's not a guy that I think that in the playoffs you're going to be able to come down the stretch and hand the ball off to to be a key contributor on the scoring side of the ball consistently for what was going against the, the Trailblazers, for example, definitely looks like a seven-game series. Your part about him hitting a shot over LeBron James, I think that one's dicey. But, you know, I think the big thing about that is who has Dame not hit a shot over to win the game at this point? Like you said, this is a bad man when it comes to the first round of the playoffs. He's put the Dallas Mavericks out. He's put the Thunder out. This is a team that they're hot right now. I mean, they are lethal. I mean, they are scary. And it's one of those things where I just genuinely believe that, like you said, first round Dame is a man not to be messed with. So I don't know, bro. I mean, at this point, I guess we're kind of penciling in Portland into the playoffs. But like I said before, I think this game that we're going to see tomorrow is going to be extremely competitive. Yeah, this is exactly the matchup that a lot of people have been expecting. But, you know, Portland, I think they're going to make it into the first round. I think they have a chance to make it in the first round. I think they have a lot. I think they have a chance to upset the Lakers in the first round. You have dangerous Damian Lillard playing with a purpose. And I got to ask, whose time is it? Because I think it's Damian Lillard's time. I mean, bro, it's simple. He's on, a, he's, he's on another level right now, bro. And I mean, I think that him calling his shot and then backing it up a lot of this time like I said, he is going to be one scary dude to see in the playoffs. And for the Lakers not having the type of guard play that they need to hang with him, C.J. McCollum, Gary Trent, dare I say Anthony Simons off the bench, it's going to be a long night down there in Orlando for these first couple of games, my dude. But we got to see what happens with this game against Memphis first. No matter what, I think no matter who matches up with the Lakers in the first round, I think we're going to see a great series. And the Lakers got their, their, their work cut out for them, regardless of who they see. Well, this has been a great episode today. We have to throw our question of the day to our fans. Who do you have winning this play-in matchup tomorrow, the Portland Trailblazers or the Memphis Grizzlies? This has been a great episode today. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple or wherever you get our podcast. And make sure you rate our podcast five stars. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.